0: You may be seated and open your Bibles this morning to Psalms 147. I'm going to bring a message to you today entitled, The Father's Pleasure. What gives your father great joy? What causes him to be happy, happy, happy? What causes him to have great delight? Amen? Well, in Psalm 47, verse 10, it says, He does not delight in the strength of the horse, He doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man. Now, what I see in that verse of Scripture is he does not take pleasure in our human might, in our ability to reason things out, to be the self-made man or the self-made woman. No, God takes delight when we're strong in him, when we lean on him and we trust in him and in the power of his might. And in verse 11, it says this. Read it with me, please. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and in those that hope in his mercy. Now notice with me that word fear him. That means to honor him, to reverence him, uh, to worship him. What gives him great pleasure is those who hope have an expectation of his mercy and his love to show up on their behalf. Did you know that trust and faith in God's love is a very powerful thing? Because that's who God is. He is love. And He cares so much for us. And He simply wants us to put trust and confidence in how much that He loves us. I am hoping and I am looking at my future with great expectation of good because my God is good and because my God is merciful. And when I don't add up and when I fall short, he's still more than enough. And when you don't add up and when you fall short, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, he is still more than enough. His love will carry you. His love will lift you. His love, the Bible says, never fails. And so I've put my trust and you can put your trust in the unfailing Father God who is love. Amen. Now turn to Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm thirty-five, twenty-seven. Let them, that you and I, shout for joy. And be very sad. No, thank God, and be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Which what? What does he have pleasure in? Prosperity So you should not want things to impress people. You should want everything that God has provided for you to honor him. Because it gives him pleasure to see you prosper. Now when we think of the word prosperity, oftentimes our mind immediately goes to material possessions. But prosperity means a whole lot more than that. I like these definitions for prosperity. It means well-being. It means peace. And it means welfare. He takes pleasure in the welfare of his servants. Now I looked up the word welfare. And the word welfare means exemption from misfortune. Exemption from sickness. Exemption for calamity or evil. Oh, glory. It gives your father great pleasure to protect you, to give you peace, to cause you to be exempt from evil and every misfortune that the devil would bring your way. Come on, somebody shout. Hallelujah. Exemption also means the enjoyment of health and the common common blessings of life. He takes great pleasure In blessing his sons and his daughters with peace. It gives him peace when you live a carefree life. We've got all pleasure when when, uh, we live a carefree life. We've got all all sorts of opportunities to take the cares of this life. But you know, when you cast your cares over on him. Because he cares for you. It gives him great joy. One translation says... He enjoys to see his sons and his servants do well. Amen? Yeah. Now, how many moms and dads do we have in here? All right? How many grandfathers and grandmothers do we have in here? It just gives Brenda and I great joy when our sons call. For example, James called uh, the other day from Branson, and he said, I've got great news. And so, of course, Brenda's immediately thinking, she's pregnant. Because that's great news to Grammys. But it wasn't that she was pregnant, but it was that he got promoted in the church that he serves in. And so, you know, it just just makes mom and dad real happy when we see our sons do well. And our daughter-in-law do well. And our little granddaughter do well. Amen? Well, how much more your heavenly father when he sees you faring well when he sees that all is going well in your life, you know it puts a smile on his face. Hallelujah. Say it with me. He takes great pleasure. in seeing me do well. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, let's look over there. Jesus said in the context of don't worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or where you're going to be living or what you're going to be wearing. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good what? It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Amplified Version says it this way. Do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It gives him great joy and great delight for you and I to be part of his kingdom. But not only to be part of his kingdom, but to give us his kingdom. Now, that's a powerful truth. Now, I know that you know this verse, but we're going to look at it again and study it for a moment. Look at Romans 14, verse 17. Romans 14 and verse 17 says this. For the kingdom of God is not hamburgers and hot dogs and malts. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. But I want to I look at that in the King James, if we could, guys, up there. Because it, it goes really well with what we're trying to say here. Romans fourteen seventeen, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Or it's right standing with God. Right standing with God was provided by the king when he brought you into his kingdom. And it gives him great pleasure to see you walking in it. What does it mean to walk in righteousness? Part of walking in righteousness is awakening to his presence in your life. And as a result of living in his presence, sin becomes something that is under your feet. Amen. In other words, instead of continuously yielding to sin and letting sin reign in your mortal flesh, you're letting righteousness reign through you because you are now part of the kingdom of God. Oh, let righteousness reign. Let your right standing with God please your Father. Now, if that's true, the opposite's true. He doesn't take any pleasure in us feeling like little beggars and little victims Oh, I don't know if God would listen to me. After all, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Pray for me, Ethel. I don't know whether I can get out of bed today or not. No, that doesn't please God. That's wimpy stuff. Believers are not beggars. Amen? We're not victims. We're victors. And you've got a right to come boldly to the throne of grace. You've got a right to talk to your daddy, daddy. And so that's part of the kingdom of God. But not only is the kingdom of God righteousness, but it is also peace. And as I alluded to earlier, it gives him joy to see you walking in the peace of the Lord. But not only is the kingdom a kingdom of righteousness and peace, but it's also a kingdom of joy. It's a kingdom of joy. Now I've written this in my notes and this is worth your trip today. God is well pleased when we are joyful, not all stuffy and sad, not all stuffy and sad, but joyful and glad. Listen, religion is stuffy. Religious people walk around with sadness on their face. Oh, God. Oh, God, I know you wouldn't hear an old sinner like me. Get rid of that sin tag. Get rid of that sin consciousness. Get rid of that stuffiness and sadness and get about your relationship with God and be full of joy and be glad. Amen. What do you mean you lift your hands in church? You're not supposed to talk in church. You're not to express yourself in church. The way I grew up, you were supposed to be as quiet as a church mouse. And I didn't get anything in church for years and years and years because all it was was a bunch of ritualistic religion. And when it's stuffy and sad and religious, you're not getting anything. The Bible says that you can have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. This kingdom is not a kingdom of religion. This kingdom is a kingdom of God's word and power. Hallelujah. Just in case you were wondering. But I saw something very interesting about Luke twelve thirty-two. In Young's literal translation, it says this. Fear not, little flock, because your father did delight, and I like this, to give you the rain. Not the R-A-I-N. It delights him to give us rain in the time of the latter rain. But the word rain there is R-E-I-G-N. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the rain. In other words, to possess or exercise divine power or authority. The Bible says in Romans 5.17 that when we receive the gift of righteousness that we will begin to reign as kings. Where? In life by one Christ Jesus. It gives your father... Great pleasure for you to reign in life. Now, let me give you some further definitions of the word reign. The word reign means to be predominant, to prevail, to rule, to have superior or uncontrolled dominion. The word reign means to have royal authority and supreme power. The word reign means you and I have been given kingdom dominion that we've been given power from on high and supernatural influence which puts us in a preferred position of leadership in this earth to be dominate not to be dominated but to dominate over life situations and circumstances amen so It gives him great delight. Say it with me. It gives him great delight. Great joy. Great pleasure. When we walk in the authority of the believer. When we walk in the dominion that he's given us. You and I were not created to be dominated. We're created to dominate. He said, behold, look, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, notice with me, when I'm saying this verse, I'm looking down because serpents and scorpions are not in my mind. They're not in my body. They're under my feet. Serpents and scorpions are a type of devils, demons, and evil spirits. Now, you and I don't go looking for devils, demons, and evil spirits. But if they go looking for you and they show up in your driveway, just mash them. If they come trying to torment your soul and bring fear and terror, you just cast down, cast down the imagination and snuff it out. If they start fooling with your finances, that is a sign that devils, demons, and evil spirits are trying to bring lack in your life. You need to rise up and take your dominion over poverty. Rise up and take your dominion over rebellion in your children. How many of you know the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft? I'm telling you, if you don't hold your children in check... They'll start ruling and dominating in your home. And when it gets time to go to church, they'll be too busy playing video games and doing this in Texan. No, I can't make it to church. I got to be on Facebook. Not in this house, partner. Yeah, but I believe that we ought to just let our children do what they want to do. That's the devil. And that will breed witchcraft and rebellion right in your own household. To quote the commander of Duck Dynasty, I think some kids need to go to Walmart and get themselves a personality. Yeah. <laughs> get themselves a life. Anyway, you've got to take your dominion. You've got to take the reins. He says, this kingdom that I brought you into is where you begin to reign, reign in life. You don't have to put up with depression in your life. You don't have to put up with the seeds the enemy's trying to sow into your soul. This is my mind. You have no business in my mind. This is my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, you have no business fooling with God's temple. Now, you get out in the name of Jesus right now. Now Luke 17, verse 21. Let's, let's bring this even closer to home. Luke 17, 21. Are you getting anything yet today? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Wake up. Wake up. In Luke 17, 21. It says, Nor will people say, Look, here it is, or see, it is there. Jesus is answering the Pharisees, and they says, When shall the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said, it doesn't come with observation, but basically he's saying that the kingdom of God is within you. Say it with me. The kingdom of God God is within me. me. Now say the next three words together three times in your hearts, in your hearts, and in your heart. I got a question for you today, class. Where's the kingdom of God? It's in your heart. And. It's surrounding you. It's everywhere. Why is it everywhere? Because God is all omnipresent. He's everywhere. But the king saw fit, hallelujah, to bring his presence into your life. And so this is a beautiful truth today. And that is this, that the king of kings came into your heart and he's working in your life. He's working in your life. You know, when you don't feel like he's working, he's still there. And when you get lazy and you get to a place in life where you just want to throw your hands up and quit, don't ever forget, God is still working in you. He'll work in your life. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says it this way, For it is God who is all the while effectually at work where but now notice the first part of that verse read it with me not not in my own strength not in my own strength not in my own strength this verse specifically ministers to me in a very real tangible way because it ministered to my youngest son james when he was in the pit of depression And if any of you have ever experienced depression or you've been around family members or other people that are depressed, it's a very difficult thing to see. It's very difficult to watch. Because oftentimes when people are depressed, they have no energy. And they have no will and they have no desire really to even get dressed in the morning. And so there was a season, there was a period of time... Well, I didn't come to the office for weeks because I needed to be there with my son. And I needed to help boost him out of the pit so he could get into the pulpit. (laughs) But the pulpit seemed eons away when you're in the pit. And he would say, "I, I just don't have the energy. Now that we're on the other side of some of these things, we can share some of these things. I'm 62 years old. My kids are in their 30s. You understand? But I would never share that publicly when they were going through the battle. But thank God for the other side of the battle. And so basically, you know, we didn't leave his side for a long period of time. And he said, you know, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. I just don't want to do that. And then this verse of scripture came alive in his heart. It just, you ever had a scripture just come alive in your heart? That where it was, it was rhema to you and you just knew that you knew that it was God speaking to you. Put it back up there. The thing that really went off in James heart, that it wasn't something that God was expecting to him to do in his own strength. Listen, you can't pull yourself out of things without Him. Come on. You can't see cancer annihilated without Him. You can't see AIDS annihilated without Him. You can't get off of heroin, cocaine, amphetamines, or anything long-term without Him. And the good news, glory to God, we're not without Him. I said, we're not without him. He that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. But the thing that went off in him was this. Is that if he just simply gave him what little faith he had at that time. And understood that in the midst of the pit, that God would strengthen him. And that God would give him the ability. Listen. Not in your own strength. For it is God. Say, it is God. God. Now listen. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never quits on us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. In the midnight hour. In the darkest hour. He is right there. (laughs) He said, he's all the while. Effectually at work in my life. And He's energizing me. And even though I don't feel it, He's creating me both the power and desire, both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And that verse of scripture literally with, with many, many other verses of scripture and much prayer and much anointing brought him off the depression bed. And now he serves in Keith Moore's church and is on the platform playing guitar. Somebody say amen. Now listen, my God is no respecter of persons. I don't know what you might be going through today, but God knows what you're going through. And He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the glory. He is he's the lifter up of your head. Amen. Other translation says, He will enable you. I love this one. It says, He helps us want to do what pleases Him. And he gives us the power to do it. Philip says, he gives you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Say with me, he's placed within me. The will, the desire, and the energy. The enablement, the power, and the help. To do what pleases him. By the grace of God, I will fulfill his purpose. Woo! glory! Well, I've done it again. I preach myself happy. You ought to be encouraged by the word of the Lord today. You have the ability to please God. You have the inner. Oh, You've got the energy to do His purpose, to do His will. Now, listen, God's working in us. But His work is not a work that is based on our works. But it is a work of His grace. And as we tap into and access His grace by faith, the work of God gets bigger and better day by day. Amen. Turn quickly to Colossians 1.10 in the Amplified Version. Notice this with me. It says that you make walk worthy, and this deals with our walk, and live and conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, Desiring to please him in all things. Say it with me I always do those, I always do those things that please, my that please my Father. Now, when you just live your little life walking in the Spirit and walking in the very best that you can in his word, the Bible says that you will begin to bear fruit. Pleasing him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work. And now, notice and steadily growing. And increasing by the knowledge of God. How many of you know that spiritual growth doesn't take place overnight? I don't know about you, but I'm still growing. And I'm glad I'm still growing. Because there's mucho, mucho more of God. That all of us can attain to. But listen. This growing and increasing in the knowledge of God. Doesn't come overnight. But it comes when we get a full, deep, and clear insight and when we become acquainted with Him. See, the Bible says this. He says, Acquaint now yourself with Him and thereby good shall come unto you. Listen, you don't have to know all the Bible verses that Pastor Brendan and I know, but you should know some. You don't have to know God as well as T.D. Jakes may know Him. T.D. Jakes has been at it for many more years than most of you have are you listening you don't have to, 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 to have a jet like some preachers have it'd do you good to pay your light bill and stop comparing yourself with other people I know I'm preaching I know I'm preaching good now some of you don't realize it but you're going to get this message yeah Woo! glory to God Just get to know Him for yourself. Have a personal relationship with Him for yourself. Hallelujah. Jerry Savell said this. He said, I'm convinced that as we focus on pleasing Him, that whatever needs we may have will get taken care of in the process. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, please. Hebrews the 10th chapter, the 38th verse. We please him by walking with him. And one area that we walk by in the kingdom of God is we walk by faith and not by sight. sight. In verse 38 it says, Now the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? We are the just. How shall the just live? Who are the just? How shall the just live? By faith. Who are the just? We are. How shall the just live? Who are the just? How shall the just live? Thank you. But if any man draw back, the number one way that we draw back is through fear and doubt and unbelief. Those things will cause you to draw back and not be moving forward in faith. Okay? If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. The good news is we're not without it. Yeah. Say it with me real strong. I'm not drawn back. I'm not looking back. I'm not pulling back. But I'm moving, I'm moving forward. How are we moving forward? We are moving forward by faith. God. We could say it this way. Our lives are going in the right direction. Forward in faith not looking back, not drawing back. We are not of them that draw back into perdition, but we are them who believe for the saving of the soul. I'm moving forward. How about you? Who'll go with us? Who'll go with us? Let's move forward. Let us go up at once and let us possess everything that God's got for us. Now, we can't do this in our own strength. And we certainly can't do it without Him. Without Him, we can do nada. Nada times nada equals nada. What is equals in Spanish? Thank you. What is it? Loud. Okay. Thank you. That's what I thought. All right. (laughs) Nada times nada is Nada. I can't do it. I can't I can't I can't stand up here without him. That's right, that's right. There's no way that I could face a week like we had last week without him. No way. But we're not without him. And you know something? We really need him. We need him more than we realize we need him. <laughs> we really need the Lord. And we really need the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter, our counselor, our guide, our strengthener, our standby, our intercessor. He will lead us and guide us into all the truth. Oh, Jesus, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the day that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit of God descended upon him, came upon him, And a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Now notice, in whom I'm well pleased. Oh man, it pleases me so much that he had a divine connection with John the Baptist and that he was baptized. Listen friends, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that we need. In the book of Luke, he said, Don't leave the city without him. Don't leave this service today without being saved. Don't leave this service today without being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then, not only having been filled 20 years ago, 30 years ago, two weeks ago, or even one day ago, Stay filled. The Bible says, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it pleases God when you live a life of praise to him and you give thanks to him. Say it with me. I receive receive the fullness of the Spirit. Spirit. And by God's grace, grace, I'm going to stay full. Now quickly over to Romans chapter 8. Let's look at this. Romans 8, we're just giving you a study on the Father's delight, the Father's pleasure, and how you can please the Lord. Amen? In Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded, what does that produce? But to be spiritually minded is what? Because the carnal mind is hostility or enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God or to the word of God, neither indeed can it be. Now listen, the Bible says of the children of Israel that God was not well pleased with them because they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a type of carnality. You'll notice that the children of Israel were continuously complaining and belly aching. And as a result of that, it opened up the door to serpents and scorpions And it overtook them and they never entered into the promised land. We could say that the children of Israel for that day were carnally minded. Amen. They didn't think according to the law of God. Now listen very carefully. In verse 8 of Romans 8. It says, so then they that are where? They that are in the flesh. Has anybody ever been in the flesh? You were not in the spirit when you chewed that person out on the freeway. Funny thing about it is they couldn't, care, couldn't hear you and could care less. You were not in the spirit when you got in strife. You were not following the Spirit if and when you committed adultery. They that are in the flesh, they can't please God. Now, there are tons of fleshly Christians. Tons of them. Now, I didn't say your name. So don't get, get bent out of shape. I'm with you. I'm for you. But you're not, you're not in the spirit when you're acting like the devil. They that are in the flesh, they can't please God. You ever gotten in the flesh before? Well, I'm going to give that person a piece of my mind. Hold it. You only got one piece left. Hold on to it. right I wasn't and haven't been in the spirit when I've had an argument with Brenda trying to prove I'm right and all the time I knew I was wrong (laughs) well all because of Male human ego and pride, Hey, you know you're wrong, you admit it, and you quit it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That'll put you back in the spirit. Now, the question I have for her is: were you in the spirit when you went and bought those clothes at Macy's? <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> She was led. Well, I can't argue with that. (laughs) Everything's all right, just so we don't use credit cards anymore. The days of credit cards are dead and gone for this cowboy. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. So there's a battle going on. But I want you to notice verse 9, you've got the answer already. And here's the answer. Verse 9 says, but you are not in the flesh. You are not people living according to the dictates of the flesh. Now that you're born again, the spirit of God dwells in you. And you are now made in the image and likeness of God. You're no longer in the flesh. But in the Spirit, now if, here's the condition, if so be that He dwells in you. Now you can, He can dwell in you and you can ignore Him and live carnally. Or He can dwell in you and you can pay rich attention to Him and Him change your life completely. Can I get a witness on that? So all I'm doing today is I'm encouraging you to live your life in the Spirit. By walking in love, by walking in peace, by walking in kindness. Do you know that you have the ability to encourage people? Do you know that when you walk into a room, people can look forward to you saying something? Rather than going, oh, dear God, he's back again. (laughs) And I know, you know, we all act like the angels here in church, you know. I discovered a long time ago, those things on your shoulder blades aren't wings. They're just shoulder blades. I understand all that. But I'm encouraging you as your pastor, you can do this. You can walk in the Spirit. And you can be led by the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit just follows suit. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, guess what? that means you're always in the right place at the right time. Now say this real strong. I'm always always in the right place place at the right time. time. So living in the Spirit pleases Him. Now look with me to Revelation chapter 4. Real quickly now. Revelation 4. Now the context of this is in heaven. And by the way, I believe all of us will make it there. Thank you for those three holy grunts. (laughs) And four maybes. Now you're going to make it if you're blood washed. Revelation 4.10. says, The four and twenty elders fell down before Him that sat on the throne and worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. And here's what they said, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For You have created all things, now notice, and for Thy pleasure... They are for thy pleasure. So we are part of that which He has created. I am created and you are created for His pleasure. Now listen. Back in 1972, my life did not please God. Because I lived for Mark Thomas. I didn't live for God. But there came a time where God, by His Spirit, sent an evangelist my way. And there came a time during the peak of my treatment for addiction that I heard the gospel for the first time. And when I heard the gospel and I acted on the gospel, Jesus took darkness out of me And he put the kingdom and the love of God and the life of God in me. The Bible says, now listen, if any man be in Christ, this is any man. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And that old things are passed away. Come on. And that all things have become new. Or behold, the fresh and new has come. You see, it's so true. Then in the beginning, God made man in his image and in his likeness. And then he gave man dominion. Man turned that dominion over to Satan. But there came a day that Jesus Christ took the keys of hell and death, placed that crown back on man's head, and made him brand new. Listen, the Bible says that we're his handiwork, that we are his workmanship. That we are created in Christ Jesus. That's why we've been created. To walk in the paths and to fulfill His plan that He has foreordained for us from before the foundation of the world. We have doctors in here, we have lawyers in here, we have warehousemen in here, we have educators in here. Did you know that God placed that on the inside of you? from way before the foundation of the world. What you're doing, you're not doing by accident when you're walking with Him. I was born to do what I'm doing today. You were born to do what you're doing today. Created in Christ. And the Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. That means we're heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and that we have joint seating with Him. My Lord! Not only have we been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but we've got joint seating with Jesus Christ. Woo! Glory to God! Joint seating, preferred seating. We got a box seat. Hallelujah. We got the best seat in the house. Joint seating. Now, how many have ever been to a a ball game before and forgot where you were sitting? You can be sitting maybe 10 rows up and let's say Brendan and I are at a A's game and She wants me to go get her a hot dog with relish and mustard and all the good things that she enjoys. And so I go down and wait in line for 45 minutes. That's love. What's love got to do, got to do with it? I'm telling you everything. (laughs) Woo! Sing it, Tina. All right, anyway. So it's been a while so I got the dogs and no beer water or so no beer no beer here no wine coolers here no Mike's hard whatever lemonade here no thank you I don't need that high I've been high on that before I got the most high what do I need some substitute cheap little high when I got the most high living on the inside of me yeah but I like to drink that so I can feel high it'll take you up and then you'll feel low come on now. and that's where the devil is he's the yeah. most low yeah. Yeah. but you and I who shake oh, thank you. Thank you, now Hallelujah. so I come back and I'm looking I'm in the wrong section I'm thinking where did that woman go <laughs> where'd she go Then I hear from two sections over, "Honey!" I'm looking at him. I think, "Where'd she go? I knew she was right over there." Better not be a Raiders game because she could disappear. Oops! Uh-oh. Oh. you better put a mask on your face if you go to Raiders game you you can get high just being in the section you know what I mean You you don't need that but it's not a fun feeling when you've lost your seat where'd she go where's my seat there's a lot of Christians today They've lost their place. They've lost their seat. And they're going through life and they're looking around and they're wondering, where'd God go? It's not where God went, where'd you go? God never moved. He says, son, daughter, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And many Christians through the cares of this life and through a number of many, many things in this life, they're just dragged away and they're pulling back. And they forgot about their joint seating. And they've lost their place. But as sure as you've lost your way and you've lost your place, God can put you right back in your seat and in your place. See, it is true that God sets the members in his body, every one, as it pleases him. Come on now. Listen, friend, if you've gotten away from God, it pleases him to put you back. It pleases him to take you back. If you've served For a number of years and then life got so difficult that you stopped serving and you're you're just kind of drifting through life and you're wondering where your place is, where's your seat? It pleases Him. It pleases Him to set you in your place of grace so that you can fulfill His plan and His purpose for your Did you get anything out of this today? Let's lift our hands and let's thank him for his word. Father, thank you, Lord. None of us, Lord, have fully pleased you. But Lord, we're asking you for heaven's help. And we draw from the strength that your Holy Spirit provides for heaven's help to please you.